This is a podcast about how to talk to people you don't agree with. My name is George Twig. Welcome to episode four. So this is the last episode taken from the recordings at Jerwood. And we're going to look at contexts in which you can use these strategies. Most people have something in mind in particular when they're listening to this podcast. And hopefully something relevant to you will come up or something that you can transfer to the situation that you have in mind. So this is the final recording from Jerwood. But it is not the last podcast altogether because I'll be doing the fifth episode, which will just be the guided exercise for people to go back to should they need to. And there may be a further episode coming after that, a Christmas special, if you will. So please enjoy. And if you have any feedback, it would be great to hear thoughts on this. It's always useful and always interesting for me to hear how people... um, use or find this information relevant. So here we have episode four. When it's family and when there's that level of avoidance is just to do your best and to keep it on super simplify the language for now start small, like grade it up, just start super, super simple, and then just see every little bit of progress you have as a great victory, even if it's tiny, because that is the speed you go at with family. Mums are hard. (laughs) Um, The example I gave of my dad is because I haven't managed to crack my mum. Yeah. Uh, and she's, she's a counsellor, so we should be speaking the same language. Um, but, oh, I've been trying my mum as long as my dad. Yeah, but um, not as intensely because she will divert. And I give very small, I put very small things out there at a time. Um, but there's a thing, so it's, there's a term uh, called scripting and family scripting, which is that families are such intense units and sense of self and identity is so rooted in family, in, in how, whether that's because you do like each other or you don't like each other, if it's because you're present or because you're absent, it's a huge, uh, it, it's very, people really solidify it and they will hold it. And, it, and a term for that is, is scripting. And um, to try and change the script as a family member to another family member is, is really, really deep work. And uh, it, I mean, that's why there's family-specific therapy for everybody together. And if people are afraid of what you're going to show them, and I think in... I am going to say this without evidence, but from personal experience and anecdotal experience, um, mother-daughter relationship can be pretty full-on. And uh, there can be... And I'm sorry if this is upsetting for anyone in the room, or, or like, I'm happy to talk to anybody who feels like this is to bring anything up afterwards, but um, there can be a lot of expectations for who you're going to be, or, then, or, or like a lot of guilt, even when it doesn't, maybe doesn't need to be there because of the, the job that the person feels they've done 
or and there's lots of expectations of who a child is going to be when they grow up and then the society tells us a lot of things about who a mother's going to be about who a child's going to be uh, about what we should be to each other and what that needs to look like and all of those things are at play when for example you want to say I'm not entirely happy and your mum hears perhaps having not met her but she maybe hears I failed or I'm worried for my daughter um, all of these potential different things um, you can try I would just say try very very small specific things what did I say to my mum once years ago I look just I look exactly like her um, but we are not that similar in personality and so I was I grew up being told how much I look like her like people would stop my mum on the street and say you must be George's mum and they would stop me on the street and say, you must be Julia's daughter. And when I had a doctor's appointment in hospital in Sheffield, all the nurses were like, are you Julia Twigg's daughter? And I was like, yeah, I am, thank you. Whilst I have my colposcopy or whatever. And um, I was grown up, I, in my family, the myth is my dad's really good looking, but my mum isn't. So, <laughs> so I've, I've, got, I've got your face though, haven't I? So, and I did say, I just said, on a drive, I was like, she said, oh, how, how's your therapy going? Oh, did you tell them it's all my fault? And I was like, I said, don't make it about you. And I said, I do have, I, I would like to ask you what you think happened for me, being grown up, told, told, being told how much I look like you, but you telling me how awful you look. And she's like, oh, well, I suppose, blah, blah. And then she went on a thing, and I left it to that, and I didn't go any further into that. Um, but since then, that was kind of the first little chink in the armor. I'm imagining like a tiled wall, I don't know. Um, and that was kind of, so it was just like a droplet, and then occasionally I put other droplets in to try and improve things a little bit. And recently we had a very good conversation about um, the roles all the family members have had. And because I've tried, worked hard with my dad on changing his like, anger, and then there's also her thing, and then there's my sister's thing, and then there's my thing. And we had a family event recently that kind of brought all of this up. And then finally managed to have a conversation where my mum phoned me, she's like, how do you feel about that thing? And I was like, well, I have uh, some feelings about that, and this is one of them. She was like, okay, thank you for sharing that with me. And so we've managed to get to the point over eight years of, uh, and there's been lots of tears along the way. It hasn't all been super measured. There's been like tears and like having to leave the room, and there's been arguments. And there's been huge somatic feelings of stress of like my heart's like this and like, um, but now now we're there. If you've got multiple people in the room, you're holding a lot. So I would say don't try and do it for too long from the off and definitely find some way to get yourself somewhere else afterwards. Um, but yeah, the scripting is very strong and people in families will generally really cling to that and you will be the bad person because you have upset everybody. So that's where you need to make sure that you are really looking after yourself um, in terms of knowing why you did it, uh, knowing that they're, they're lashing out and you're becoming like 
a centre of it, thinking about if you are strong enough or if you're the right person to do it, and going through all of, the, all of those things that we talked about, about keeping it open, keep returning to the emotional tone that you want and the nature of dialogue that you're hoping for, and just being responsive in that moment. Being the palm tree, being rooted and knowing that you're about to be really live through a hurricane, and then, but knowing that you'll come out at the other side of it. Families are a big one, so yeah. I mean, or find a therapist for, for all of you, you know? Find someone to sit in the room and mediate. That can be really useful. That can be really useful. Because then if there's, if there's spitefulness, there's like lots of things come up. I've had, been present for some horrible things being said in family therapy. Um, not not to, when I've been the mediator. Um, so actually, if you are really worried, I would advise getting a mediator. So if you think about um, the teenage years of um, where actually kind of psychologically, it's very healthy to have your teenage rebellion where you tear away from your parents. You're like, my parents are terrible. They're stupid and boring and I, they're holding me back and I don't like them. And then you, you tear away and you go and have this adolescent sense of self and puberty and your brain is all firing off and you find things and, and then you return, ideally, hopefully, you then return in a, a new form with a separate self that you finally wrenched away from your parents where you, before you were more enmeshed as a child, you've gone away, you've become an adult and then come back to develop a relationship on new terms to some extent. And I think, I think that's a really useful thing to know about because when you think about leaving any person in your life who you've been very close to, you go away and you can do some growth in that space that helps you recenter yourself and find out who you are and then you have an option of returning on new terms where you know that you've worked something out that's, that's for you rather than that person watching. Because I think that we do do all... If you think about it, there's normally somebody that you imagine is seeing the thing that you're doing when you do something. Whoever that is, if it's somebody that you have a crush on, if it's your partner, if it's your child, if it's your boss, if it's anyone at all, if it's imaginary film, count crew, you know, like looking out the window, the music playing. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if you feel like the person that you think would be watching you is holding you back, just, I think, I think it is valid to get a break. But other than that, I would say, I would say to everybody, go to therapy. Everyone get a therapist. It's the best. They're in a position of authority, if it's hierarchical. I think the same strategies can still apply regardless because you're choosing in that dynamic, you're still choosing to set the tone. You can calm yourself, ground yourself and say, I know the kind of dialogue I want to have with this person and so I am going to continue to set that tone. You're not doing anything abrasive with any of these strategies. You're not doing anything that's intentionally conflicting. All you're doing is asking for a genuine dialogue. So I think whoever that person is, for example, I've used these strategies with, with managers of my own or consultants, and it's been as effective, especially just sitting and let that person talk for a while and then waiting to see what material they give to you. So, uh, for example, if, some, if a stream is coming out and you can just sort of sit back and wait and gather and work out what that person's trying to tell you and then you can make that conversation reasonable on your own terms by setting that tone of quietness and calmness 
and modeling your own reflective listening. I'm not saying, again, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but you can, it still works as effectively regardless of, of if somebody's above, above or below you. I believe, I feel, maybe I just like arguing, I don't know. Yeah, you can, you can get too detached and people can sense that you're not there with them because you're being too, I see you are this. I feel the thing that you feel. And I've, I've, I've done that before, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm only laughing because it was just so clear. The person in front of me straight away was like, and I was like, oh, wow, you're right. Yeah. So I, again, I think that's about practice. And like when you're tired or something like that, you might lean on your strategies too hard and forget to stay in the moment and be really connecting and because it is I think it's a lot of energy to really connect I think it's a good thing and I think it's what we should definitely be doing but we should acknowledge it is energy um so yeah you can you can step out too much and then that per but the person in front of you will tell you really quickly with their expression their response that that's what's happened and then you can try and come back in or just say I'm too tired I can't do it I would just say, um, do you know what, I'm sorry. I, that wasn't the best. You just, whatever it is that you've done, you can reflect back to it and be like, do you know, I actually, that might have sounded a bit preachy, that advice I gave you, so I'm sorry I, that I did that. And then ask them more around the thing that, that you've reflected on. I just wouldn't ever feel worried to say, oh, I apologize. Like, that wasn't my best work or whatever it is that you you want to say um, and just feel like you don't want them to be making this into like a defensive argument so don't be it yourself just show them that it's a soft you're, it's show the softness and, and keep it open I would also say we've all got our battles that we can fight make a choice about if this is one for you I would say, for example, um, a domestic violence survivor should never feel like they have to go in and do this work with a perpetrator of domestic violence if they don't want to. Uh, you know, for example, um, or alternately, if they do as part of their journey for healing, then of course they should. It's entirely in each individual's decision. Um, so whoever you are, think about, for example, like I... Oof, oh, I feel treated, I feel mm, even saying it. But so, for example, turfs would be one for me where I'd have a real struggle there. Um, to, uh, so, people who are, anti, who are transphobic. So, for some reason, that one particularly really gets me. So, think about where you're going to be able to do your piece of work. And if, there's, if you can't do this one, somebody else can do that one, you know? Look after yourself. I would say there's always. Plenty, there's always reasons to opt out. So think about, you're doing a piece of therapeutic work, basically, if you decide to take on a conversation and hold space in that way. So acknowledge that you're doing work, and then if it's not the work for you to do, then don't do it. And somebody else should hopefully step in and, and do that. In an ideal society, once we're all looking after each other and we have community around us, then somebody else should hopefully take on that work that others can't do.
So that was episode four. Thank you very much for listening, especially if you've listened to all four of the podcasts. I think the thing that has, over the years, come out as most important from this is understanding that if you want change to happen, you need to make a warm and compassionate space for that to happen. And that's for yourself as much as anybody else that you might talk to. I hope that you take some time and this opportunity to start making that warm and compassionate space for yourself and for those around you that you have the energy to and that it's appropriate for you to make do that work for. Um, and I wish you all the very best of luck with all of your difficult conversations. With thanks to Jerwood Space for facilitating the recording of this and to Keep It Complex for making it happen. Thank you. Goodbye.